Hey, before you sit down, before you sit down, before you sit down, just point to yourself. Say this with me. Say the rest of my life. Oh, now, come on, like you believe. Let me ask you this. How many believe the Bible? Okay, good. That's almost half of you. <laughs> Wouldn't you hate to find out the Bible wasn't true? That would be horrible. Think about that. What have we been trying to do all this stuff when we get up to heaven? It's like a motel or something. Like that. <laughs> you, ever, you ever thought about that? Anybody ever thought about that? Did God really write all this stuff? Be honest. Anybody ever thought about that? Yeah, I thought about that before. God, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in here. I started thinking one day, because if God didn't write the Bible, someone had to have. You know, so I started thinking of people I knew. Because you want to narrow it down, you know. If it wasn't God, maybe it was my Uncle Tony. <laughs> he don't do a whole lot. Maybe he had time. Then I found that scripture, if you don't work, you don't eat. Like, nope, my Uncle Tony didn't write that. If you just start thinking about people, you could not, my, my wife wrote it. <laughs> Submit to your, nope. <laughs> how many, be honest, how many of you wrote the Bible, how many can think of at least three things you would not have put in there? <laughs> it been like eight commandments. Instead of ten, tithing would have been lower, 5%. Um, here, here's what I know, no human being could have ever wrote a standard this high. So if God said it, I'm just crazy enough to believe it. He said he came that we might have life, that we might have it more, that we might have and enjoy life, it says in the Amplified Bible, that the rest of our life really could be the best of our life. If you believe the Bible, if you believe it, just point to yourself one more time. Say the rest of my life will be the best of my life. Amen. You can be seated. I like to get people to say that as much as I can because what you continually hear, you'll eventually believe. So if you keep saying it, keep speaking it, I'm telling you, you'll, you'll start seeing the rest of your life really become the best of your life. Man, how good is it to be in San Diego? Uh, I mean, you guys get to live here all the time. That's just amazing. I'm just glad to be here, not in somewhere else in California. I don't know. Oakland. <laughs> this is better than Oakland. <laughs> Last time I was in Oakland, I was there like five minutes. This guy's like, hey, you want to buy some drugs? <laughs> I was like, no thanks, officer. So it's just different up there. But uh, San Diego, yeah, it's going to be good. Hey, if you got your Bibles, look, I want to show you a scripture uh, in Ephesians. I, I, like I said, so good to be here. Love your pastors. How many are thankful for Pastor Jurgen and Pastor Leanne? And, uh, and man, just watching them just share the vision. You can just see their heart to see us grow, to see the church grow, to see us take more ground and touch more lives. And I love their spirit of excellence. You know, talking about the children's ministry, how we're going to make that even better. I mean, I don't know about you. How, how many have kids? How many have kids? Yeah, I want my, I, I have a little nine-year-old, and uh, I want him to be excited about church. You know, I'd rather, him want to, I'd rather him be more excited about going to kids' church at C3 than going to, you know, Chuck E. Cheese. You know, oh, no, Chuck E. Cheese is way better. They got cooler stuff. No, let's make church cooler, you know. Let's make let's do, let's do it to the best of our ability, you know. And the lobby, all the different environments. I love, I love a spirit of excellence because God's a God of excellence. And so I'm, I'm, into, I'm into that. I like, I like excellence. Well, here we are, um, what, halfway through the year almost now. Uh, yeah, I was reading the other day, 70% of people have given up on their goals by now. They're resolutions that they made for the year. You know, the top three resolutions people make, one is to do better with their finances. 
Uh, that's always a, a big one. Uh, I'm going to get out of debt this year. I'm going to give more this year. I'm going to, you know, be more balanced in my budget, whatever it may be. Uh, another one is to exercise more. That's a big one in January. I'm going to the gym five days a week. <laughs> you know, by February, it's like, I'm going to the gym three days a week. <laughs> by March, it's like, I'm going to drive by the gym. Just going to check in on Facebook. People thought I was there. Um, yeah, my whole thing is no pain, no no pain. This no no pain. I don't like that at all. But uh, another one is to lose weight. That's a big one. You know, I'm gonna lose weight this year. How many was that one of yours? Lose weight. Look at all those hands. Yeah, my my doctor said you need to lose 25 pounds. You know, so that was my goal this year, 25 pounds. And here we are. But June, I've only got 30 to go. So. Uh, I was trying hard till I saw a t-shirt the other day that said, fat people are harder to kidnap. <laughs> I'm like, I got to protect myself, you know? <laughs> My wife told me, she said, don't worry about it, honey, you have got the body of a god. <laughs> I was like, thanks. Then she told me it was Buddha, was <laughs> the god she was thinking of. That's just, anyway. Um, oh, it's okay to laugh in church a little bit, all right? Some people said, <laughs> the Bible says laughter is like a medicine. You know, don't let the enemy keep you so uptight and so stressed out that you can't laugh a little bit. Enjoy life. Anyway, here we go. Ephesians chapter 3. I love Vision Builder Sunday. I'm so happy to be here on Vision Builder Sunday. I love people with vision, ideas, things they want to do and, and accomplish and and, uh, and people that just love life. I love how C3 Church just loves life, enjoys. Life is a gift. You know, gifts are meant to be enjoyed. Couldn't think of anything worse than getting a gift and not enjoying it. Getting a gift, not using it, that'd be horrible. What if you gave someone a gift, they said, oh, thanks, and just set it on the table? A couple of Christmases ago, I bought my mother-in-law a gift for Christmas. I got her a cemetery plot. <laughs> and so, <laughs> my mother-in-law. Anyway. Uh, I didn't get her anything last year, and she was mad at me. You didn't give me anything for Christmas this year. I'm like, you didn't even use what I got you last year. But I'm just saying, when you get a gift, you know, you should, gifts are meant to be enjoyed. Anyway, here's this gift called life. What I love about this gift is, is God picked it out just for you. That's why none of us are alike. The gift was just your gift. The other day someone said, Dave, you and me, man, we're just alike. I said, you know, if you and me are just alike, one of us is unnecessary. <laughs> and I'm going with you. Um, I can't be you. You can't be me. I can't be Pastor Jurgen. I'm not as good looking as him. I don't preach as good as him. I can't be a worship leader. I, don't, I can't even fit in skinny jeans. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I got I to be, I got to be who God created. I can't be T.D. Jakes. I can't be Joel Osteen. Amen. I love that, but I can't be, I got to be who God created me to be. You got to be who, don't insult God by trying to be something he didn't create you to be. You know, just, uh, it reminds me of these two snakes. It, it just, it, knowing who you are is important. Two snakes slithering down the road. One snake looked at the other snake and said, hey, are we poisonous? Snake said, "Wow, that's a weird question. Why'd you ask me that?" He said, "Cause I just bit my lip." <laughs> uh, 
It's important to know who you are is all I'm saying. Okay, <laughs> Ephesians chapter 3, one of my favorite scriptures. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse number 20, it says this. It says, now to him who, by, I'm, I'm reading it from the Amplified Bible. I like the way it says it in the Amplified Bible. You'll notice in the Amplified, you'll see it up here. They, they add extra words, a lot of extra. I never used to read the Amplified Bible. I thought it was a girl Bible um, because Joyce Meyer always uses it, you know, and so I figured it was for girls. <laughs> then I realized there's a lot of extra words. Anyway, maybe it is. Uh, now, now to him who, by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us, isn't it good to know God's power is working in you? Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Something's happening on the inside of me. His power is working in me uh, to help me carry out his purpose. God's got a plan and a purpose for your life. You're not just here to take up space, breathe air. There's actually a plan. And his power is working in you to help you discover what that plan, what that purpose is for your life. And to do super abundantly. I, I kind of like that word. Isn't that a cool word? Super. Say it with me. Say super abundantly. Super abundantly. More. Think about that. How many like to be happier than you are right now? How many like to be healthier than you are right now? How many like to have more love in your home than you have right now? More joy, more, more peace in your mind. Uh, how many like to have more money than you have right now? Oh, look at all you selfish people. Everyone just all wanting more stuff. No, the desire for more is not a wrong desire. It's not an evil. It's a God desire. If you go all the way back to Genesis, the very first command that God gave humans was be fruitful and multiply. Multiply means to increase. So the very first thing God said is, I want you to be more than you are right now. More joy, more peace. You can go all throughout the Bible. We are more than conquerors. He'll do more than enough. He's more than enough. And we can go all throughout the Bible. Uh, in, uh, I think it's Psalms 115, verse 14. The Lord will increase you more and more, you and your children. You get to the New Testament, he doesn't even like things that don't increase. It didn't matter if it was a fig tree that wasn't producing fruit or a man with one talent. If it wasn't increasing, God wasn't happy. So God's desire is we would become more, more joy, more peace, more finances. Because the more blessed you are, the greater blessing you could be. I mean, how many like to have more than you have right now, more money? Yeah, you won't go to hell for that. It's, it's you know, the Bible says, well, you know, money's the root of all evil. Well, that's not even what it says, is it? It, it says the, the love of money. Money is the root of Good holidays, good vacations. <laughs> the other day someone said, you know, money's not the key to happiness. I said, that's true, but if you got enough money, you could get a key made. <laughs> I don't know. Here's the thing. Money's not even supposed to make you happy. We know that. If you read the Bible, the Bible said in God's presence is where you find joy. We know people with a lot of money that aren't happy. So money has nothing to do with happiness. God's presence brings joy. In his presence, you, all money is is a tool. That's all it is. It's a, it's a tool. Uh, it's like a hammer. You don't have good hammers and bad hammers. You just have hammers. How you use the hammer makes it good or evil. Right? I mean, I can use it to build a home to rescue girls from human trafficking. Man, I did something great with the hammer. Same exact hammer I could hit people with and hurt them really bad. That'd be evil. So the same tool, I choose whether to use it for good or whether to use it for evil. And so with my finances, which is a tool, I can use it to resource the kingdom of God, Vision Builder Sunday, let's make some incredible things happen for our church, or I can use it for my own selfish gain. 
Now, nothing wrong with having things, nice stuff, and no, that's not what I'm saying. But my purpose is, what's the purpose? I want to build God's house. Because when I make heaven for God's house, God makes heaven for my house. And so when I put first the kingdom of God, then everything else is added unto me. It's just kind of how the whole thing works here. So he wants to bless us super abundantly. So in that way, I'm always looking for ways to be a blessing. The other day I was at a little restaurant. Me and my little boy are sitting there at the restaurant. lady next to us was planning a birthday party with her little boy. And we heard him at the table next to us kind of going through the whole thing. And, and they were kind of getting upset with each other because the, the, the little boy had 12 friends he wanted to bring to the birthday party. And the, the mom said, you can bring 10 friends. You can only invite 10 friends. And he said, well, I've got 12 friends. And then she said, look, I can only afford this many pizzas. So there's this many slices per friend, and that, that's all I can really afford. And, uh, and they, they start getting upset with each other. And, I mean, he does, he's a kid. He doesn't understand the financial part of it. And, and I'm sure the mom wants to give him everything but just doesn't have it. And they're, they're getting upset. And I'm sitting there going, I should be able to help with this somehow. I should be able to do something about this. And so I, I started thinking, at first I thought about I could go over and pray for him. I could offer to pray for him. That would be a good Christian thing to do. You know, um, we could pray that God would multiply the pizza <laughs> like the loaves and fishes, and there'd be enough for a, maybe even the neighborhood. I don't know. Um, I could give them some wisdom, you know. Hey, why don't you slice the pizza smaller, smaller slices? You could get more kids in there, you know. Um, we could maybe pray one of his friends would move. Getting a fight with one, we'd bound to. T- I, I, all of a sudden, I remembered I had $100 in my pocket. When God blesses you, he's got a lot more than you in mind. And so I'm sitting here, I'm, I don't need to pray about this situation. I don't need to do, I can solve the problem. Why am I praying about something that God's already blessed me with the ability to take care of? And so I just took, I had $100 in my pocket. I walked over to the table. I said, excuse me. I said, I'm sorry to, I wasn't, I wasn't eavesdropping on your conversation. I was just listening to it. And, um, and I heard about the party and, and. Look, here's $100. Let them invite those other two friends. You guys just have a great birthday party. God bless you. And I just turned around and left, right? Because it wasn't about me. I didn't need credit. I didn't need, wasn't like, here's $100 and here's my card. You know, uh, check out my website. Follow me on Instagram. You know, it wasn't about that. By, by the way, you should follow me on Instagram. Um, but, but I just walked out. She's like, she probably left like, you're not going to believe this. I'm sitting there and this big bald angel showed up with a hundred dollars. I'm blessed to be a blessing. And a lot of times we're praying, you know, I was thinking a hundred and what's 180 more seats we're going to add in here as part of the vision that they were talking about. And someone said, wow, that'd be great. 180 more seats. I don't know what these seats cost. Maybe a hundred bucks a seat. Some of you are sitting there going, well, let's pray for 180 more seats. When you can say, hey, vision builders, here's, here's a couple thousand. I'm going to take care of those couple, those 180 seats. See, some of us are already in the position to do, God's already blessed us to be able to do it. We, I, I mean, why do we have to go, oh, I don't know, let's just pray that we can get chairs for that cafe that Pastor was talking Why not say, hey, look, Pastor, maybe what you could do is 500. You buy a couple of the, the you know, chairs and tables for the, for the cafe. Some of you guys blessed at other levels. I like what Pastor said on there. Not equal giving, it's equal sacrifice. What that means is that it, every one of us won't give the same, but we, if every one of us gave our best, I remember when $100 was my best. I remember when five, I remember our first big vision builder giving time, my wife and I. We lived in a little apartment, a little government uh, assisted apartment at the time. We were just kind of starting Dave Martin International. (laughs) We were like, International, where y'all been? We never been anywhere. Um, 
we didn't have a bed. We had an air mattress. We were just kind of starting. It was, it, was, it was small, really small ministry. Answered my own phones. You know, Dave Martin International. Can I speak with Dave? Uh, one moment, please. <clears throat> Hello, this is Dave. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I remember we gave 500. Now, here's, here's the thing. At that time, 500 was our best. Today, 500 is easy. That's not even my best. That's not even close to my best. At one point, though, it was my very best. It was, we had $503 in our checking account. There's been four times in our life, in our, in our marriage in the 18 years, at Vision Builder type events, uh, you know, Sundays and that, where God's told us to give everything we had. 500 was the smallest. One time it was $100,000. See, some of you, yeah, you could take care of the chairs, a couple thousand dollars. Some of you could say, you know what, how much is the whole children's ministry? 140000 You know what, I'll take care of the redoing the children's ministry. Well, I don't know what it, I don't know the amounts, but I'm saying every one of us, God's blessed us super abundantly. Yeah, I was reading the other day, if you have a part-time job at Starbucks, you're in the top like 10% of the wealthiest people in the world. Think about that. God has blessed us. That promotion you got, that raise, that new job, that way that business took off, you, think, you thought that was about you. Wow. But God was preparing you to be a blessing. God, when God blesses you, he's got a lot more than you in mind. So he'll bless us super abundantly. I love that. Far over and above all that we, look at that word right there in parentheses, right? dare. I like that word. How many have ever been dared to do something? How many have ever been double dog dared? Anybody ever been double dog? That's serious. That's serious. We do, I'm from Mississippi. We do that. We double dog dare you. God said anything that you would dare, anything you'd be brave enough, bold enough, brash enough to believe. He said anything you would dare, ask or think. What that tells me is God's daring me to think a little bigger, to ask a little bigger, to believe a little bigger. I mean, I think this year in the Vision Builder offering, I'm not sure what was last year, but I think this year should be definitely more than last year because we're believing for bigger. We're believing for greater. I think we should increase every year. It's like you don't keep going to the gym, lifting, you know, uh, bench pressing 200 pounds forever. At some point, you got to, you know, add a little weight on the end, get up to 250, work your way up to 300. You got to, you, you keep, you keep increasing. God is a God of increase. So anything that you would dare ask. Now, this message in the next few minutes is only for those who will dare to believe that God could do more for you this year than he did last year. That God could do more in our church this year than he did last year. Those who will dare to believe for greater, for bigger, for more, if that's you, I want you to write down four things. There's four things. It's not for everybody. Not everybody's into that. But there's a lot of people that believe the Bible and want to do what it says. Four things, and I'm going to make it real simple. Just take the word dare right there. Just write D-A-R-E, just down your page like that, because I'm just going to give you a word for every one of those that will help you. And, and then tonight, we'll get into a few more things tonight. By the way, if you can, I don't know if you normally come Sunday nights, but if you, if you can this week, uh, I would rearrange your plans or change your schedule and come back tonight, 5 o'clock, right, 5 o'clock tonight. I think it'll be, I think it'll be well worth your investment of time to come back. I've got something I want to share with you tonight. I think will really help you. But the letter D, the letter D is um, decide. Decide. First, you got to decide that this can be a better year than last year. I decided today was going to be better than yesterday. I decided today was going to be a good day. I decided that when I got up. This is the day the Lord has made. So it's my choice to rejoice. 
You mean you just decide it's going to be a good day? Yep, I decided that. But doesn't, don't, don't, you, don't, ever everything, don't you ever wake up on the wrong side of the bed? <laughs> like, no, whichever side I get up on is the right side. I mean, sometimes I wake up grumpy. You know, sometimes I let her sleep. But, uh, um, but my, I won't, my wife will be at the next service. I won't tell that one then. But, uh, uh, but it, it's a choice. It's every day. It's a choice. I decide today. And things happen that can mess up your day all the time. Little things happen. But, but it's, it's up to you to make a choice to rejoice. They say the average person makes about 2,400 decisions a day. So, I mean, by this time, you've already made it probably a few hundred decisions this morning. Really? Yeah, you decide to get up, whether to hit the uh, snooze or not to hit the snooze. You decided what to wear. You decided to have coffee, what to put in your coffee. You've been deci- making decisions all day today. Some decisions aren't a big deal, but some decisions we make really shape or form our future, our destiny. So decisions are important, deciding to have a good day. Here's one. If you forget all the rest of them, decide to get wisdom. Decide to get wisdom. Because the only problem you'll really ever have in life is a wisdom problem. You don't really have financial problems. You just have wisdom problems. You don't really have marriage problems. A lot of times you just have wisdom problems. A lot of times you don't have health problems. You just have wisdom problems. You'll find the more wisdom you have, the less miracles you'll need. A lot of people are just waiting for miracles all the time. When if they'd have got wisdom, they'd have never ended up in the position they were in needing a miracle. Now, I believe in miracles. That's not what I'm saying. But how many have ever made the statement, If I knew back then what I know now, how many have ever made that statement? That's what I'm talking about. So the Bible says, hey, whatever you do, get wisdom. Let me ask you this. How many would like to be doing better than you're doing right now? Okay. If you're not doing as well as you'd like to be doing, it just means there's something you don't know. When I heard that, I went from being a know-it-all to being a learn-it-all. Obviously, there were some things I didn't know. So I made a decision to get wisdom. I love wisdom. The Bible says that a wise person will increase in learning. So if you're smart, it says you want to get smarter. So I try to learn something every day. Like I said, if you want tomorrow to be different than today, learn something today. Sometimes it's little things. But I learned the other day, I was looking at a car. I didn't know that if an airbag deploys, it costs $500 to put an airbag back. I just, I didn't know how much it costs. They were just explaining to me because the passenger side if it deploys, you know, and no one's there, you still got to pay for it. So they were saying that you could turn the passenger side off. And, uh, uh, and so I started actually thinking about, like, who was riding with me. <laughs> That's 500 bucks, you know. You got like, uh, um, anyway, so there's always something to learn, you know. I learned not to, I like to go back and sign books and meet people sometimes at, at the table. So I, I'll be back. And I learned there's all kind of ways to spell names, you know, Cheryl. That's with a C, or that's with an S, you know. Amy, there's like five ways to spell Amy. Uh, so there's all these. I was at Starbucks the other day, and there's a new girl in there. And I just kidding whether she had a little badge on, you know, trainee. She was new, so she had a little trainee badge. So I was kidding. I'm like, that's funny, you know. Your mom named you trainee. <laughs> and she looked at me, and she said, it's trainee. <laughs> um, so I, I didn't know that. I'm just saying there's always something to learn. There's always something to learn. So whatever you do, decide... Decide to get wisdom. Decide to get wisdom. You want this year to be better than last year. Learn something different. If you keep doing the same thing this year you did last year, this year will be just like last year. So make a decision to invest in yourself. I remember being at a meeting one time, the guy named Peter J. Daniels, and, and he did a seminar. It was a great seminar. And a- afterwards, he said, I got some books and CDs. I ran back. I said, give me everything he's got. I said, you want everything? I said, everything. He knows something I don't know. I'm going to find out what it is. 
They said it's $1,600 for everything. I didn't expect it to be that much, you know, $1,600. But then I remember the Bible said wisdom is more valuable than silver. It's more profitable than gold. It's more precious than rubies. And I'm thinking all that stuff's cheaper than, than uh, uh, you know, that's cheaper and uh, more expensive than $1,600. So that was a pretty good deal, actually, to get all that for $1,600. So I went back. I said, give me it all. My friend with me said, you're buying everything. You think it's worth it? I said, I think I'm worth it. So I don't buy books and CDs because I think the paper's worth it. I buy because I think I'm worth it. If I don't think I'm worth investing $1,600, then why would someone else? Plus, I bought that whole thing. I got one idea off of that. Off of that. I got a lot of good principles to use for life, but I got one idea. I think it was the billionaire Ross Perot said that's all it takes is one good idea to live like a king the rest of your life. It's not a king idea, but it wasn't a bad idea. I put the idea together, and within about eight months, this idea produced me a little over $300,000. Say praise the Lord. You got a little jealous about that, weren't you? I, I sensed a little. How many be happy if you got a three hundred thousand dollar idea? That's what I thought. How many be happy if you just had like a fifty thousand dollar idea? You just, like I just, how many just hope you have an idea before you die? Just my God, I hope I think of something. Here's what I'm saying: you always invest in what you find valuable. You invest in what you find by it. So decide to get wisdom. The letter A. The letter A is accept. Oh, my goodness, my time's going fast. Accept responsibility. Accept. We could talk about a lot of different things. Let's just, we're going to go right to it on these next three. Accept responsibility. It's easy to blame other people for our problems, isn't it? It's the government's fault. It's the economy's fault. It's um, my parents' fault. It's always easy to blame other people. I'm in the doctor's office. The doctor says, you need to lose 25 pounds. My wife's fault. It's Krispy Kreme's fault. Y'all have Krispy Kreme here with the red light that flashes? How many know what I'm talking about, the red light when they're hot? Those are good, aren't they? That red light is the flames of hell. That's the, <laughs> it's the devil trying to kill you. To, um, I've been clean now about nine months off the, the Krispy Kremes, but those things are mm. I did have a relapse about three months ago. But I don't even know. I just minded my own business. I, went, that, I saw out of the corner of my eye that red light came on. I blacked out. <laughs> I, don't even, I, don't, I remember like 20 minutes later, I woke up in the back seat of my car with like glaze all over me. I'm like, I don't know what just happened, you know. Anyway, um, I've got to accept responsibility. My decision yesterday to eat the donut got me the place I am today, 25 pounds overweight. So my decision starting today shapes my future tomorrow. My decisions, it's easy to blame other people. We get so much great teaching and information here. Unless we accept responsibility for the things in my marriage I need to change, for the things in my finances I need to do different. Unless I accept responsibility, quit blaming other people, I'm not going to see any change. My mindset, I have a choice every morning. Good morning, Lord, or good Lord, morning. And I kind of decide I have to accept responsibility for my thoughts, for my thinking, all those type of things. I know a lot of times in church we thought that scripture said, be transformed by the removal of your mind. It actually says by the renewal of your mind. It's actually a change in the way you think. It's a change in the way that you look at things. So quit blaming everyone else. It reminds me of a guy gets pulled over by the cops. The cop said, your car was swerving. I'm going to need you to take a breathalyzer test. The guy said, oh, officer, I can't take breathalyzer tests. I've got asthma, bad asthma. If I blow in the breathalyzer test, I may have an asthma attack. If I have an asthma attack, I could die. It'd be all your fault. <laughs> officer said, that's horrible. 
I don't want to be responsible for that. How about you? I'll just get you, take you in the car. We'll go down to the station. We'll get a blood sample from you. He's like, ooh, I can't do that either. He said, well, why can't you do that? He said, I'm a hemophiliac. If you stick me, I could start bleeding. I'd bleed. I could bleed to death. I would bleed to death, and I would die right at the station. It'd be all your fault. Officer said, that's horrible. Okay, fine. How about you just step out of the car and walk down the white line right here? The guy said, I can't do that either. He said, well, why can't you do that? He said, because I'm drunk. <laughs> a lot of people have a lot of excuses, you know, why I can't do this or why I can't do that. Other people accept responsibility. They change the things that they need to change. So the letter A is accept responsibility. The letter uh, R, the letter R, I love this one. Respond generously. Respond generously. These are just, these are just some, you know, four little things that will help you. If you want this year to be better than last year, if you, wanna, if you really want to make a difference, I mean, these are things that will help you to decide to get godly wisdom in your life, to accept responsibility for the wisdom you receive, to make the changes you need to make. Respond. How many like giving? Let me see if you like giving. We've been talking about that. Most of us do, yeah. Most every hand in here went up. But we like it. Why? Because it's the way God made us. For God so loved the world that he he gave. Right. So giving is kind of part. He created us in his image. So, and then he, he gave so much. He gave what? He gave his, his only son, which is the very best. So he gave his very best for us. Now think about that. Every time I have an opportunity to give, I want to give God my best. I want to give God my best. I started thinking about giving, and, and uh, in, in uh, Corinthians, uh, I think it's 2 Corinthians chapter, let's see what it is. I think it's chapter 8. Yeah, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, you can, you can read it later, but there's a whole story there of how um, Paul is describing the Macedonian church and their giving. And I kind of was, I was reading it this morning. I was thinking, uh, we want to tell you, it says, we want to tell you further, brethren, about the grace, the, the favor and spiritual blessing of God, which has been evident in the churches of Macedonia. And I thought, well, you could really change that and go, you know, because if you look around at what God's done in, you know, nine short years here at C3, and you look at the campuses and the buildings and the lives that have been touched and all that, you could really change that and say, hey, I want to tell you about the, the favor and the spiritual blessing, because there's a lot of favor on this house. And the spiritual blessing, the life change that takes place at C3 San Diego, you could say, of, of, of which God is evident in the churches of C3 San Diego. God's evident in the churches here of what God's doing at our north campus, at the south campus, what's happening down there, the future east campus, here at central campus. It said, and they, they saw that, and it aroused in them a desire to give. Wow. They got so excited about what God was doing, they wanted to give. How many love your church? Yeah, and you like to give to the things that you love. And so when you see, man, the vision. So once a year we have Vision Builder Weekend, and we have an opportunity to say, hey, let's do something great here. Let's make a difference here. I, I'll never forget different times and opportunities when my wife and I, I told you the first time we gave $500. I'll never forget that. But God spoke to us. He said, if you'll build my house, I'll build your house. Now, we were living in a little apartment. We didn't even have a house. We're living in an apartment. We don't have a bed. We have an air mattress. Don't have a dining room table and chairs. And we made $500 a week at the time. We had $503. We just got paid. We had $503 in our checking account. And God said, I want you to give $500 uh, for, for Vision Builder Weekend. I want you to give $500. That was, that was a whole week's income for both of us all together, $500. But we knew God's voice. Yeah. And here's the thing. When God speaks to you, 
about a seed, he's already thinking about a harvest. When God speaks to you about giving, he's already got something waiting for you. We're in this little apartment, $32,000 in debt, and here God speaks to us to give everything we've got. What is he thinking? Obviously, he's smarter than we are, and we know enough to obey his voice, so we obeyed. We, we, we weren't happy. We were willing, obedient, not happy. You don't have to be happy every time you give. I know God loves cheerful givers, Ooh. but uh, um, he also loves uncheerful givers. Because <laughs> I'll tell you, if you're happy every time you give, you don't give a lot. There's a lot of times I hadn't been happy. There's many times you can give and not be happy. My little boy is nine years old, and for years and years, he's wanted a puppy. He's wanted a puppy. Dad, I want a puppy. And we travel a lot, so it's hard. But at Thanksgiving, I decided to buy him a puppy. So I bought him this cute little beagle puppy, right? And uh, at the same time, just a couple days before Thanksgiving, one of his, his best friends, a little boy named Gavin, eight years old, they, they, he was having some headaches. They took him to the hospital. And in the hospital, they found out he had a brain tumor. To make a long story short, within just four months, April the 1st, Gavin passed away and uh, from this, this brain tumor. His, his brother Preston and his little sister, they're a great uh, f- uh, friends of our family. My little boy is sitting in math class. He comes home one day from math class. I mean, for years he's been wanting this little puppy. He comes home from math class and he says, Dad, he said, in math class today, a little tear in his eye, he said, God told me I'm supposed to give my puppy to Preston and to Macy. Now he's been praying for this puppy. He's been wanting this puppy. He finally got the puppy. And now God speaks to him. He said, they're missing their brother. And I think, I think our little puppy's name was Saint. He said, I think Saint will be a blessing to them. And so we took our little puppy over and we, we, gave, it to, uh, we gave it to them. And uh, do you think my little boy was happy about that? No, he's willing. He's obedient. He wasn't cheerful. Actually, he was tearful. I mean, just, just two nights ago, we were sitting here at the hotel. He had a breakdown, cried, and, you know, we prayed with him and, and thanked God for what God was going to do. But here's the thing. God spoke to his heart. Now, I know God's got a great blessing for him. Great blessing for him. I hope it's not another dog, but um, <laughs> but if he hadn't have been obedient when God spoke to him, see, God will speak to you about doing some things. It may be in this vision builder offering that it may hurt a little bit. It may not be what you're expecting to do. Maybe it was something you'd say, I can't believe I just got this big bonus, and God's saying, I want you to put it in the building fund. Oh. I want you to put it in vision builders. Maybe some of you the other night were at the vision builder dinner, and you said, hey, here's what we're going to do. And that was easy what you said. It was like one time our church was making a, building a youth center, $3.2 million youth center. And I'm sitting in the, the service that night. We're getting ready to make our, our vision builder, you know, pledges for the, the youth center. And, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to give 10000 to this. That's what I'm going to do. And all of a sudden, my wife leans over and says, I think we're supposed to give 25000 I said, I don't, I don't feel that. <laughs> I felt 10. You know why I felt 10? Because I had 10. It's easy to give what you've got. But like Pastor said, the sacrifice part of it. 10 wasn't a sacrifice. Give 10,000 wasn't a sacrifice. I had 10. It was no problem. I could, I could, I, that wasn't, that didn't, I wouldn't even feel that. But God said, I want you to give 25. Now that was going to take a little sacrifice. That was going to take a little bit of faith. That was going to, but God was already thinking about how he wanted to bless me. 
and we stretched our faith and we said, you know what, we're going to do it. Now, we had 90 days. You, your vision builder thinks all for a year, you got 12 months. We had 90 days. And so what we did, we took the 10 immediately. We said, here, take that. We went ahead and put it in the offering that night. And we said, we're going to believe God to give 25. That's what God spoke. It wasn't some crazy thing. It wasn't like, you know, I knew I could move a few things around maybe and get a little bit more of that. But it was going to take a little bit of faith, and I was going to feel it. And within 90 days, we were able, we had what we needed, and we were able to give the, uh, the whole 25000 but what, I'm, what I'm, I'm trying to get you to understand is when God speaks to you. See, some of you the other night, you may have said, I'm going to do this. But God's saying, that, that was easy. You could do that. You, you know, you, that's easy for you. And you may be straight. You may be today go, you know what? I need to change that, Pastor. I need to add a little more on to that. I, maybe you're here and, and you weren't at that. And today's your first time. You say, you know what? I believe in what God's doing at C3. Love my church. And I want to give to the things that I, I love. And God's speaking to you to stretch your faith a little bit. Maybe it's to help with the kids thing. Maybe it's to help with the cafe. Maybe it's to get the chairs. I don't know what it'll be that God will speak to you to do. But if every one of us just did our best, if every one of us, when we filled out this little card, and we said, God, what is it you want me to do? Not what I want to do. I wanted to do 10. God wanted me to do 25. And I, I could tell you the whole story. But remember I told you with the 500, that was 17 years ago. God said, if you'll build my house, I'll build your house. And I could tell you every time I raised the standard of my giving, Right after that 25000 we moved in this beautiful house God blessed us with. It was amazing, the blessing God gave us. After that, I remember we gave our first $100,000. I never dreamed I'd have 100000 extra, let alone be able to give it. But God gave us the ability to be able to give it, to keep building his house. And I'm not telling you this to impress you. I'm telling you this to impress upon you. Not long after that 100000 building God's house, we were able to move in our house we live in now just about a year ago, and we were able to pay cash, totally moved in the house, totally debt-free, paid cash for the house. Again, I'm not telling you that to impress you. I'm telling you that to impress upon you. But 17 years ago, in a little apartment with $500, we said, God, we'll build your house. And he said, if you'll build my house, I'll build your house. So you may have a vision for a house, for furniture, for something you're believing for. I don't know. But what you make happen for God's house. It may not even be an actual house. It may be something in your house. Maybe it's a, a healing in your marriage. Maybe it's an unsaved son or a daughter. What you make happen for God's house. Because of the extra seats, like uh, Pastor Leanne said, more people will come in. Someone's son's going to get saved. Someone's husband's going to be healed. Someone, and, and, and what you made happen for those extra chairs, that extra space, what you made happen for God's house. Now God sends someone to your son. God brings a mar uh, healing in your marriage. It's amazing how God does it. Just listen to his voice. The letter E, I don't have time to get to it tonight. Maybe we'll talk about it a little bit or, or this morning. But uh, expect favor. Expect favor. Because that's what you can do when you get wisdom, when you accept responsibility, when you give generously, you can expect God's favor to show up. There was a couple at the, the Vision Builder dinner the other night, had an amount, they came, this is what we're going to do, we're going to give this. God spoke to them, inspired by the Holy Spirit, they felt to double the, the amount that they were going to do. So they doubled it. They had been believing for a house, they, they, were, they had made an offer on a house, Someone else was ahead of them. They were the second offer, and they were in escrow. Anyway, the, that before they left the dinner, this is how quickly God can move. Before they even left the dinner, they get a telephone call, and uh, the realtor said, hey, the other offer fell through. If you're ready, we'll put you in escrow, and you're number one to get the house. 
right after they doubled and said, God, we're going to build your house first. And God brought them their house. I don't know what God will do for you. I don't know what it is you're believing for. But, Father, I just thank you, Lord, that every one of us today, we've seen the, the, the video we watched as Pastor Jurgen and Leanne shared their heart and the vision for this house and what you want to do in the next 12 months. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity that every one of us have to be a part of the vision. Lord, what, what you've already done is amazing. But Father, I thank you. If every one of us in this room right now, every one of us will do something. Every one of us will do something at some level of our faith. Lord, if, as every one of us do our best, won't be the equal amount. We all won't give the same. Some of us in here, 500 is our best. Others of us in here, 100,000 is our best. Some of us, it may be 5,000, 20,000. Lord, it's not that we give the same amount, but if every one of us sacrifice and do our best, we'll be amazed. It'll be like in the Macedonian church when Paul said, I was overwhelmed. I was surprised at how much the people gave. Pastor Jurgen will get up and say, I can't believe, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I'm surprised at what the people of C3 San Diego have done to see the vision of God's house come to pass. It's not about us. It's about you. Lord, let us hear your voice. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory.